Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. I think the reason we've seen this drop off with power buyer and the cash offer side is there's a misperception, in my opinion, that cash offers are less relevant now because the, the market's shifted a little bit toward buyers. You don't need a cash offer to get under contract the way maybe you did three months ago, three whole months ago. Um, but, you know, what we'd say to that is, you know, cash is still king, right? Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. You know the role of the real estate agent has changed forever, and if you want to succeed in today's market, you need the right insights and tools from a source you can trust. Keeping current matters makes it easy to be the market expert your clients expect, with trusted insights that give you the confidence you need and timely content that gives you the presence you want, KCM helps you drive credibility and consideration. Learn more about how to master the market and your marketing with Keeping Current Matters by visiting trykcm.com forward slash Realtrends to learn more. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Stefan Peterson, co-founder and chief data officer of Zavi, a white label platform that provides real estate brokerages a marketplace for buying and selling solutions such as iBuyers and Power Buyers. So welcome, Stefan. Hi, thanks, Tracy. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, you know, so much is changing with the real estate market and the overall economy. So I want to just have you offer an overview of what you're seeing in general um, with regards to the iBuyers and power buyers um, right now. So without a doubt, the, the volatility we're seeing in, in the real estate market now is, is also affecting the modern marketplace companies, the solution providers as well. Um, when we talk about these solution providers, we're referring to the power buyers. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, they offer a cash offer product, good as cash. Um, also a buy before you sell or modern bridge product. So that's the power buyers, um, the iBuyers as well. And in addition, all the other institutional buyers, you know, the big SFR investors, part of the, the modern marketplace. Um, in addition, the listing concierge or pre-sale renovation companies and, and home ownership accelerators. So there's a whole range of, of companies that we're focused on that we work with at Zavi in the, in the modern marketplace. Um, you know, they're all being affected in different ways. We, we talk about that in a little more, but no, they're definitely not immune to um, to the downturn. I think what's interesting is despite the choppy conditions in the marketplace, um, consumer acceptance of these solutions remains very strong. Um, we're going to see some data about that. Um, 
consumers go to the solution that is aligned most with the market conditions where they are. And that's the the great thing about having the modern solutions. Um, They're really here because there's consumer demand. Consumers are looking for a way to deal with the challenges they're facing. And, you know, it's the smart agents, the modern agents, as we say, are are bringing these solutions to their clients, co-opting these solutions to get deals done and and serve their clients. Uh, So that's it. I would sum it up. Overall, the modern marketplace continues to bring consumers financing solutions they need in response to market conditions. Yeah, and I definitely see this um, extra push with brokerages to serve consumers, offer these types of options so that agents have options to serve consumers. And um, I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of it when it first started out, it was iBuyers are disruptors, they're going to take away our business. And there's a realization that no, they're partnering with us. And we're really looking um, to it helps us to offer as many different options to consumers as possible. Um, so I find that really, you know, yes, they're they're suffering with the market just like everyone else is. Um, but I do think that the embracement of the products definitely looks like it's um, on the rise. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and you produced some research on kind of the state of the market for iBuyers and power buyers. So I want to dive into that a little bit. So what do you see as the biggest takeaways of your, um, I think you call it the Zavi Modern Marketplace Report? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll start with the the, the power buyer, you know, power buyer, the, the power buyer solutions. Uh, most folks are familiar, but if you're not, you know, a few essential products, um, one is a, a cash offer product. It makes a, a buyer's offer essentially as good as cash. So there is no no loan contingency. In some cases, that power buyer actually buys the house for the, the consumer. Um, so good as cash is a buyer solution. Um, it, it, and I'll, I'll start with that. Um, in the recent market conditions, we've really seen a drop-off if we're demand of good as cash offers. Um, you know, and we we see this by the way in our own power buyer business. We we operate a power buyer at Zavi for a few of our brokerage partners. I think the reason we've seen this drop-off with power buyer and the cash offer side is there's a misperception, in my opinion, that cash offers are less relevant now because the the market's shifted a little bit toward buyers. You don't need a cash offer to get under contract the way maybe you did three months ago, three whole months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what we'd say to that is, you know, cash is still king, right? And it's always advantageous to have a cash offer, not have a loan contingency. Um, with a cash offer, a consumer is going to save money. So, and, but anyway, the, the trend is there. We've seen cash offers up proportionally. The um, buy before you sell offers have have been more uh, more common, uh, and you know those remained very strong through Q2. Dropped off starting in July. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where that winds up. But uh, yeah, that that's been the trend toward toward the modern bridge. Yeah, and I I think too that um, with inventory still fairly low, you know those options. I'm surprised that they're dropping like they are because there still are not a lot of options on the market for um, buyers. I guess it's just that there aren't aren't as many buyers looking right now. They're kind of on the fence. Yeah, I mean I think in on one hand they're dropping proportional to the kind of twenty percent drop off we've seen across the the market generally. Mm-hmm. But as you say, I think there's also a little bit of the this choppiness where some buyers are just getting out of the market or they're 
they're especially, you know, first time buyers um, that would be a better fit for the cash offer product. Um, they're sitting it out for a little bit. And, um, mm-hmm. I know as part of the choppiness, we'll, we'll see how that resolves. And, but yeah, that's where we are today. Okay. And I noticed that um, the average power buyer purchase prices are projected to be down um, as well. Talk to me a little bit about purchase price. Yeah. So the power buyer purchase price reduction, um, that's super interesting. I mean, a, a basic fact about power buyer transactions um, overall is the average prices are quite a lot higher than the overall market. Um, you know, they're averaging um, close to 700K at the end of Q2. Um, that's since dropped down to about 600K based on July and August numbers. So, you know, why is that happening? It's a little bit of a mystery. I'd put it down to choppiness in the market. Um, some higher price customers are just not uh, transacting. Uh, and again, it'll be interesting to see where that shakes out. But overall, um, I think the, the the relevant fact for realtors is power buyers are a great solution for higher price buyers. And for um, you know uh, buyers who are also selling, so um, those are usually move up buyers, um, higher price point. The power buyer solutions uh, seem to work really well. And um, offer acceptance that actually looks like it's 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 got dipped a little, but it's remained fairly stable um, between 2020 and 2022. Um, you know, what are you seeing? Do you have a future look for that? Yeah, so you know we do track the offer acceptance uh, of um, uh, for consumers who receive an offer from any power buyer company, and some of those are from our own power buyer business. Some of those are from the power buyers, you know, basically the industry leading companies that we partner with, um, and and those acceptance rates have remained very stable over the uh, past couple of years, kind of in the thirty to forty percent range. Uh, you know, and I want to contrast that with. You know, the iBuyers, for example, where it's more of a three to six percent conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Um, power buyer offers are very appealing to consumers who get them. Um, they get accepted at, at, a, at a high rate. Um, you know, we don't see this changing. We think it's a, a, a function of power buyer is a great fit for so many consumers. If they are fortunate enough to, to find their way to this solution and receive an offer, they're really inclined to accept it. And, you know, that's regardless of the specific market conditions that they're in. Tough market, it's a great tool. Um, seller's market, it's a great tool. Buyer's market, it's a great tool. Um, they just get accepted, again, at, at a very high rate. And then we have the iBuyers, which you said um, don't get accepted at, at a, those that high of a rate, um, but they're, the number of homes purchased by, home, um, by iBuyers is projected to be quite low from its peak, um, which was Q3 2021, which like it looks like it was probably what, 28,000 or so. Yeah. Uh, right. Now down to about six, maybe six or 7,000. That's um, what we're projecting um, for the end of Q3. Um, that That is a projection. Uh, I think it's worth you know, adding a little bit to that. Um, yes. You know, 2021 was absolutely a breakout year for the iBuyers. Um, you know, they achieved, they, they surpassed 1% market share nationwide, going great guns. Um, seasonality kicks in, you know, kind of Q4, they they slow down like everybody else does. Q1 and Q2, the iBuyers, and now we're talking about you know, two out of the three, right? It's it's open door and an offer pad. Um, they were actually buying more homes in the first half of this year than they did in the first half of last year. So, iBuyers going stronger than ever. 
July hits, the industry slowing down, iBuyers definitely slowing down quite a lot. I think that's a, a function of them being you know, smart about their business and making more calculated offers, hedging for risk. I don't think it's a function of consumers don't want instant offers anymore. We've got some other data coming up to, that'll reinforce that. Um, the iBuyer solution remains popular with a limited number of consumers. I don't think the, the appeal is as broad as for the power buyer product, for example, but for certain consumers, instant offer is a, is a great fit and um, you know they continue to be accepted at about the same rate as before. The iBuyers have always been in this kind of three to 6% offer acceptance rate. So that's fine. And you know, it seems to me actually that the iBuyers are very good at calibrating their offers to get to buy as many houses as they want to. Um, so I've, Tracy, I shared some stats. We saw the service fees have gone up a little bit, kind of from like five to five and a half percent on average. Um, the offer strength has dropped a little bit this quarter from actually a very high rate of, uh, you know, I'll just say a very high rate at the end of July to a rate that is slightly below market, kind of 98% of the market is where we are now. Um, so I, I got to add, there's often this perception that iBuyers make low offers, that uh, you know they're uh, kind of uh, gouging consumers, just not borne out at all by the data. So when we say iBuyer offers have come down, it's from 100% or over 100% to 98 or 99%. So that, that's what we're seeing at this point. Yeah, and I would assume that there were some lessons learned after um, Zillow offers uh, ceased to exist that... Um, they were uh, the other iBuyers were a little more careful about the properties that they chose to um, hold on to or, or to purchase. Um, and I know that Open Doors now uh, partnered with Zillow. Do you know anything about? Can you talk about that at all um, from your perspective? Or uh, you know, I'm a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I'll, I'll say I think it makes a lot of sense, and I, I think uh, you know Zillow, Open Door. A lot of smart people, those companies, and uh, it, yeah, I, I think it's it's a smart arrangement for them. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I've talked to Brian Barrett at um, OfferPad, and I know he's always taken a very strategic approach to purchasing properties and in, in the properties that they do purchase. So. Um, it's really not surprising to me to see some of that um, go down. I think that is strategy based on the market and, um, you know, what you want to hold in your inventory to, to for profitability yeah. reasons as well. So and you talked about service fees and let's talk about customer satisfaction because that was actually um, pretty high. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the satisfaction. Um you know, we've seen this for the past couple of years. We we basically survey everybody we can find who completed a deal with any institutional buyer, whether that's an iBuyer, SFR, power buyer, homeownership accelerator. Um, and, you know, the, the satisfaction scores are always, you know, kind of nine out of 10 or, or a little bit higher. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th I think, you know, that just speaks for itself, right? Consumers who do this are glad they did. They liked it. They're not saying this was a horrible experience. It was too expensive. Mm -hmm. it, it, the process wasn't smooth. Um, I think that's a surprise to many in the industry that all of these solution providers are doing such a great job on service delivery and customer mm -hmm. satisfaction. 
Um, I, I think I, I would like to touch a little bit on a couple categories of solutions that we haven't really yes. spent time on. Um, so, you know, the power buyers, the iBuyers, their transactions are easier for us to track. So we have more data on them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two that are super interesting, um, the homeownership accelerator companies, these are uh, leased to own companies, uh, you know, Divi, Landis, Halo uh, are in that mix. Um you know, they're in a way having a moment right now because affordability is, is such an issue. Uh, a lot of buyers, they, they're they looking to purchase, but they aren't qualified. They don't have the FICO score or they don't have the down payment. These companies are helping them to rent a house for a while, build some equity and then and then buy it in a, in a few years, basically. Um, so we see very high satisfaction from this model. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing here, and this goes back to how these, these solutions are serving consumers the way the marketplace is now. Um, With the homeownership accelerator companies, they're doing more and more business with folks who could qualify for a mortgage, but for whatever reason, would rather just rent for a while. See how things shake out and where they wind up. And in a few years, maybe they'll buy that house. Um, So they're using the the lease to own programs a bit differently than they were originally intended, which is great. That shows the the flexibility mm-hmm. of those models to meet consumer needs. Listing concierge is the other, and I think this is really the golden moment for listing concierge. To me, that the listing concierge or you know, pre sale renovation, where a company comes in, they fix up a seller's house before it goes on the market, so the seller's got everything optimized for resale value and to maximize their net proceeds. Um, that's always been a no-brainer, in my opinion, in most markets. Well, now they're really having a moment because you know it's a little bit harder to sell a house. Folks generally are probably a little bit tighter on their, their wallets. So if you can get these renovations done, maximize your proceeds without going out of pocket and sell your house faster too, I mean, there's just no reason not to do that. So from all the listing concierge companies we're hearing, stuff is going great. So if there's anybody who's a little bit immune to the current market, that, that would be the one, the and concierge companies. Which um, companies do you work with? Which listing concierge companies? Uh, we work with with many of them, including all the leaders. So that would be Curbio, Punchlist, um, Free Model, uh, Revive is another one. And then a lot of brokerages have an in-house listing concierge service. Uh, so there's, there's there's a bunch of those in our platform. Yeah. And it's interesting, the um, agents I've interviewed who have been in the business, um, you know, 40 year veterans um, have all mentioned this, the the listing concierge, or just the fact that, you know, seller managing seller expectations that yes, you, you are going to have to fix your house up to sell it now. Um, And so I could completely see how that service would be really coming, being really popular right now. And um, talk to me about like the accelerators and the listing concierge um, in relation to the brokerage. Um, what type of partnerships do they have with brokers and um, agents? Well, the way it works with Zavi is, you know, we form these partnerships with the different solution providers, mm-hmm. and then we connect the solution provider with with the brokerage. So the brokerage doesn't need in our system to go out and and forge all these relationships. Um, I, I know for sure that listing concierge, homeowner, really all of these solutions, they're mm-hmm. all 
building out their channels to create partnerships with brokerages. Mm-hmm. And that's great. You know, we, as, as brokerage operator myself, I, I think it's a great idea for brokerages to do that. Um, it's also a lot of work. So that's why some brokerages get Zavi so we mm-hmm. can connect them with really all the solutions and plus some others that we've mentioned on, the, on this call. Okay. And um, what are, what are some best practices um, for agents who want to work with any of these Um you know, how are people using Zavi to manage all these transactions or manage the, you know, companies that they're choosing to work with based on the, you know, plethora of companies that you have in the system? Yeah. So the number one thing, and and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you're taking this first step. I, it is aware, it's being aware of these solutions and recognizing that they are, um, you know, viable solutions in in the marketplace. Um, you know, and I, I will mention, you know, Zavi as as brokerage operators, we connect our partners with solutions that are viable. Um, we are not interested in in trying to run deals through disruptors, for example. We want solution providers that are partners with us and our broker brokerages um, to help get more deals done, serve more clients, get better outcomes. So, um, but I'd say the first thing you want to do is have an awareness of these solutions, recognize that, that they're real participants in your marketplace, and then come up with a plan to how to engage them. We, we think a, a policy of, oh, I'm just not going to work with, you know, iBuyers, for example, or my clients don't need a power buyer solution. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I these the, you, you, we've seen the stats. Uh, so I think, yeah, awareness and engagement is, is, is really the first thing. And, um, our platform facilitates that, you know, we, we provide all the information and make it easy to request all the offers um, through, through our tools. Okay, great. Let's talk about trends that, you know, aren't necessarily related to the trends in for, with Zavi, but related to the market right now. And the, um, you know, some of the data that you provide, where do you see the most opportunity for any of these services, power buyers, iBuyers, soliciting concierge, homeowner accelerators, um, where do you see the most opportunity for brokers um, to use these? And do you see them, I guess the better question is, what are they doing to um, innovate during this time when, you know, we're kind of in a, a shifting market and they, you know, their transactions are going down? Do you see some innovation with the types of products that they're offering or coming up with some new products um, or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I the way I'd sum that up is um, innovation um, in, in the whole modern marketplace, you know, solution providers, when you think about it, it really all comes down to creating more liquidity for, for sellers and for buyers, right? So on the seller side, um, I think it's really worth mentioning uh, some of these um, cash out equity models. So Easy Knock is a great example of a company that lets people take cash out of their house to do whatever they might need with it. You know, given the overall economic conditions, that's going to be more appealing to more homeowners and, and potential sellers. I, I think given the affordability situation, mm-hmm. however, there's more to be said on the side of how do we get first time buyers into the game of real estate? How do we create access for first time buyers um, and you know the the homeownership accelerator companies, you know Landis, Divi, uh, they you know uh, certainly accomplished that. 
Um, there's some other really interesting stuff in lease to own, uh, you know, everything from apartments uh, to, um, uh, I'll say, like more affordable housing um, programs. Um, so a lot of innovation around that. I, I think the bigger opportunity, and you know, this is a little bit over the horizon, but these, you know, Web three and D five blockchain related solutions, they're definitely coming. They're super interesting, and you know, if you think somebody can't afford to buy a house, well, maybe they could afford to buy a half of a house, you know, fifty percent equity, and still live in it. I think that's super interesting and, and exciting for the industry as a whole. So, yeah, I mean, overall, looking for innovation around more liquidity, especially for buyers. Yeah, I mean, it's all about solving problems, right? And um, affordability is a huge problem right now. So, so definitely. Um, my last question is really, what's what's next for Zavi? Um, what are you guys working on right now? Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of the stuff I mentioned, so I, I can highlight a few of those. Um, you know, we're, we're interested in in connecting our broker partners with solutions that really make a difference, that help agents get deals done, and you know, maximize their their clients financial outcomes. So uh, it's going to be more of the same with the, the iBuyers and other institutional buyers. The market's going to change again. Uh, it might actually change in their favor sometime soon. And, you know, we'll be working to make the most out of that. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, really the other big area is more solutions for buyers, um, more ways to help people connect with the real estate market. Uh, there's so much opportunity there. It's so important for, for brokerages and, you know, even for the communities we all live in. Uh, so that that's really an area of focus for us, bringing more people into the real estate market, more access. Okay, great. Well, Stefan, thanks so much for joining the Real Trending podcast and sharing all of your data with us. Um, we, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.